Beloved by God Church, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand up and confirm the promise that belongs to the door of our hope. May the resurrection of Christ be enthroned within our bodies. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for the privilege to be upon this place that your hand has appointed for the worshiping of your holy name. And now allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights that are not reachable for us and destroy all burden and sin that binds us. May in this service, as previously, all of the works of the devil be cursed, illnesses, poverty, untimely death, demonic possession, all matter of fear, depression, destruction, ignorance, error, all of this may depart from the tents of your holy people. And now stand, O Lord, upon the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might. And may your saints be clothed into your salvation and rejoice before your face. Give us more of your Spirit. Saturate us with your Holy Spirit. Allow us to find your great face. We thank you that the service is presented by Apostle Arkady into your godly hands, and we pray continue to lead it with a mighty and powerful arm our great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. The book of Jeremiah 6, 16. Thus says the Lord, Stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths, where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. Returning to the old path of good, as a basis for our study of the old path of good, we turn to the words of Apostle Paul, who by the mercy and inspiration of the Holy Spirit was successfully able to, in short and exact definitions, explain the consistency of the order that exists within the teaching of Christ, Jeremiah 6, 1-2. so that we may understand the essence of this place of Scripture, the importance of it, the depths of it, and here is how it has been presented to us by our, our Apostle Arkady in a more elaborated format, Hebrews 6, 1-2. through 2. Therefore, sprinkling yourself with the elementary teaching of Christ and clothing yourself with the armor of light, which consists in the rule of this teaching, we will then build ourselves into a house of God because it is not possible to lay again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of the baptisms, laying on of the hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. In a specific format, as much as God has allowed in the measure of our faith, we already studied the doctrine of the baptisms in three functions, baptism of water, Holy Spirit, and fire, as well as the doctrine of laying on of the hands in three functions, the covenant of blood, salt, and rest, and stopped to study the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead. The doctrine of the resurrection contains three mutually linked levels of birth, which are identified in Scripture as being born from above or being born from God. John 3, 3-5, through 5, the words of Jesus Christ. Jesus answered and said to him, He said to Nicodemus, Most assuredly I say to you, Unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God.
For he who is born of the flesh is of the flesh, who is born of the spirit is of the spirit. Looking at the meaning of the given dialogue, we conclude that birth from water and spirit opens the door so you can come into the kingdom of heaven or the opportunity to be born to the throne. In a specific format, in the doctrine of resurrection, we've already studied the level of birth from water and level of birth from the spirit. Therefore, we will immediately go to the third step contained in the power of the birth to the throne. Revelations 12.5 She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. <clears throat> In the twelve foundations of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem, birth to the throne is ninth and made of the precious topaz stone. Revelations 21, 4, 19, and 20. Now the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. The foundation of the wall of the city were adorned with all kinds of precious stones, ninth foundation, topaz. The topaz in this foundation represents the name of Apostle James, son of Alphaeus. <clears throat> Therefore, together, the names of James and Alphaeus mean God will perform a complete victory over the enemies of the chosen by him remnant, will clothe him in royal virtue, will give him the throne of glory, and will make him distinguishable in all the nations and from all the nations. This is the wealth of the name of the Apostle James, son of Alphaeus. In a specific format, as much as God has allowed and the measure of our faith, we already studied the function contained in the name James, son of Alphaeus, who represents the distinctive signs of the throne in the heart of man. Therefore, to collaborate with God in building the ninth foundation of the wall of the heavenly Jerusalem in your heart, it is necessary for us to study the functions that pertain specifically to the essence of being born to the throne. What functions are there in being born to the throne? And let's immediately go to the first function so that we can understand the functions of being born to the throne. First component of the function contained in the essence of birth to the throne will be reflected in goodness that is for us in Jesus Christ. Ephesians 2, 6, 7 And raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. And so he has seated us in heaven when he was able to raise us up and he raised us up with him and seated us in heaven in him we cannot sit in him in heaven if the Lord first will not raise us up with him to resurrect with him raise us up with him is to be seated then with him in heaven to be seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus by the means of being resurrected with Christ, is upon practice to be born in the resurrection of Christ to the throne. It is a crime and a lie to convince a person that he is sitting in heaven in Christ Jesus 
if he hasn't been born to the throne. To be seated with Christ upon his throne, it is necessary to be born to the throne and then become of proper age, spiritually speaking, and pay a proper price for the right to sit upon this throne. And for this purpose, it is necessary to differentiate the gift of grace from the fruit of grace. Because those things that we receive by the gift of grace in a seed, we need to grow into the fruit of grace. And we, and all the things that we get, uh, receive or get as a gift of grace, we receive in a form of a seed so that we can grow into the fruit of righteousness in that very same grace. And will we either grow the seed or will it dry out and upon the root be covered with overgrown thorns or will be eaten by the birds will depend on not the gift of grace but how we treat the growth process of the fruit. <clears throat> it's a it's a labor's work to grow the seed into the fruit. Matthew eleven twelve and from the days of John the Baptist until now the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Therefore, to be born to the throne, it is necessary to get to know and collaborate with the entire teaching of Jesus Christ. And so, what have we been able to determine in the first component of the functions? Who will be seated in the heavenly places? Those who understood that they received freely by grace, everything they received freely by grace, freely, they don't receive in the format of fruit, they receive it in the format of a seed. And this seed needs to become fruit. The seed that we receive as a gift of grace, there is death in it. And then the other side of this seed is resurrection. Two seeds from an ap- from an apple one is death the other life explain why and so you have your entire life to answer this question why in this seed there is death and in this seed there is life because everything received in grace freely is a seed that needs to die and resurrect. If it will remain as is, it will be for nothing. It will die and produce no fruit. And so this one that has death, the pur- purpose of it is that it be planted and in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ, you die for your nation, the house of your father, and your corrupt desires. This seed, this grain, uh, or this seed from, a say, an apple needs to then die and be born again And we grow then the fruit. And so again, one has death, one has life. Everything received freely by grace has death in it. And we are given time to be able to, everything we take out from this fruit, from an apple, for example, two of the same and so one needs to be planted, die, and grow. But once you've grown the fruit and you take the seed from the fruit you've already grown, this has life. A very interesting first component. 
second component of the functions contained in the essence of birth to the throne is called to make an everlasting covenant with God, ordered and in all things secure, which practically identifies the essence of the covenant of peace. And so a person who is born to the throne, he needs to have a covenant that is ordered ordered in all and secure. Second Samuel 23, 4-7 And he shall be like the light of the morning when the sun rises, a morning without clouds, like the tender grass springing out of the earth by clear shining after rain. Although my house is not so with God, yet he has made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and secure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire. Will he not make it increase? But the sons of rebellion shall be as thorns thrust away, because they cannot be taken with hands. But the man who touches them must be armed with iron and the shaft of a spear, and they shall be utterly burned with fire and the, in their places. And so a covenant that is ordered in all and secure in being born to the throne contains a guarantee that the name of a person with whom God has made such a covenant will never be blotted out of the book of life. Revelations 3, 5, 6. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before the Father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. This word is addressed to the churches, to the saints in the churches who have an ear to be able to hear the word of God. Or you could say the Lord is addressing these words to the students, not inspectors, the students who want to learn and having the desire to learn means you will have the desire to find a teacher, a master who will be able to teach you. And how do you seek him? You say, Lord, Lord, send me, send me your teacher. And he says, okay, I will give you my teacher and you will need to follow him. The guarantee that our names will not be blotted out of the book of life is a guarantee to rapture before the morning star. And so this promise that Enoch had received, this is the covenant that is sure and secure. The realization of this covenant in being born to the throne happens during the light of the morning when the sun rises when upon the cloudless sky in the clear shining after the rain new tender grass springs out of the earth. The Lord as a master he beautifully illustrates and uh, his words in these examples as soon as you have these preachers who make up all kinds of weird words, random things that they say. These are snares of hell. And it is to gather uh, from all the churches uh, those weeds that are supposed to be bound together or bundled together. So that all of this can be condemned. But see how beautifully God describes his resurrection. That realization of this covenant in being born to the throne happens during the light of the morning. When the sun rises, when upon the cloudless sky, in the clear shining after the rain, new tender grass springs out of the earth. This tender grass in the soil of our heart implies the seed of the word of God 
in the form of the imperishable inheritance in Christ Jesus. Our flocks is our pure renewed thinking or mind, which without this tender grass would not be able to grow and would die. However, so that within the heart, during the light of the morning, such tender grass would be able to grow, it is necessary to thrust out the thorns, but they cannot be taken with hands, as the scriptures say. And so as we've seen this, even with our own eyes, where pastor did not even need to do anything on his own people themselves uh, these thorns would leave for themselves they would uh, rebel and leave or whatever they would do but there were of course uh, minor exceptions to this but for the most part nothing needed to happen the people themselves made those choices and so God himself will do that work and we don't need to put our hands or tape it doesn't uh, we cannot, as it says in scripture, cannot be taken with hands. Thorns that it's uh, talking about here, that thorns that cannot be taken with hands is not just deception regarding wealth, but it is also emissaries of mammon who preach prosperity as a necessary element of the will of God, providing as if freedom from the spirit of poverty. And so these are wicked and lawless people. The fact that David did not touch them with his hands speaks of the fact that David distanced himself from having fellowship or relationship with such people. And so we distance ourselves from them and we just pass them by if they're around. I, in my nature, I like to greet people. But the price you need to pay when a person that you once greeted, you have to just pass by. Because it says, do not touch them with your hands. Or they cannot be taken with hands. And so this will then determine whether you're born to the throne or not. A person who is... Uh, a person who is not born to the throne, even if he's born again, will not be able to pass him by and will still greet them. And you will hear people say, these kinds of people who have left, that we've already heard everything's been destroyed. You guys have all fallen apart. Your churches and services, these kinds of things. And so these small things can often <clears throat> indicate and tell you whether you are born to the throne or not. And so, of course, you never need to include people uh, in this list that uh, people that the apostle has not included. And so maybe something something has happened or someone has done something to you uh, that pastor may be praying for and they may maybe they hurt you or offended you. And so this person can still be greeted and said hello to uh, because they're not wicked and lawless in this case. Third component of the of the functions contained in the essence of birth to the throne is called to rule all nations with a rod of iron. Revelations 12, 1 through 5. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, 
and on her head a garland of twelve stars. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. And another sign appeared in heaven, behold, a great fiery red dragon, having seven heads and ten horns, and seven diadems on his head. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman, who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. She bore a male child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron, and her child was caught up to God and his throne. A very unusual vision. And so he stood before the woman, the dragon, while she was giving birth to devour the child and couldn't. <clears throat> and we will see why he couldn't. Let's hmm, talk about uh, the specifics of this revelation. Rod is a symbol of authority that contains that is contained in confession of the faith of, the, of God with our mouth, which is contained within our heart. Isaiah 11, 4, 5, But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall slay the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his loins, and faithfulness the belt of his waist. It's talking about Christ and those that are in Christ, those who were born to the throne. It is specifically them who have these abilities, the abilities to the rod. God will never trust a carnal person uh, with the rod or even someone just speaking in tongues. He does not, but does not pay the appropriate price. And so not being, not having his throne, he will kill everyone with that rod. And for this not to happen, the Lord trusts his rod in Jesus Christ only to those who are born to the throne. Let's look at the woman, the infant, and also this dragon. The woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and the garland of twelve stars on her head, is a symbol of such a category of saints who have a seal in their essence, in the form of all three levels of righteousness, which they have, they have received due to the three levels of birth, from water, from the spirit, and to the throne. And this is what the woman has. The scriptures say, the son that the woman was clothed in, she was clothed with the sun, she had the moon under her feet, and she had a garland of 12 stars on her head. These three components, uh, the sun, moon, and the garland of, tw of 12 stars, speaks of a person who, have, who has these three uh, seals of covenants. You make a covenant in the in the in the baptisms and the covenants and so this woman this church has all of these three seals <clears throat> that are a part of this male child and so first the son the son that the woman was clothed in is a symbol of the seal of righteousness in the form of the holiness of the Lord which a person receives when he makes a covenant of blood with God in the baptism of water. The sign of this virtue is testimony of being born from, from water, giving a person all of the virtues and privileges belonging to his great and good origin. And so she was clothed into the sun, 
means she has the seal, the holiness of the Lord, and this seal makes her a part of this good, this good and great origin of which is the word you originate from God. The moon under her feet is a symbol of the seal of righteousness in the form of the Lord knows those who are his, which a person receives when he makes a covenant of salt with God in the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The sign of this virtue is testimony of being born from the Spirit, giving a person all of the virtues and privileges belonging to his great and good purpose to perform righteousness in the works of justice and to hallow God in the works of sanctification. And so this is the second seal. And so again, the sun, it gives us uh, the ability to be a part of this good nation. The moon says, if you're part of this great nation, then now behave accordingly. You have the calling, the purpose to perform righteousness and justice. And so the moon receives light from God and begins to shine to perform works of righteousness. If the sun just means that I am belonging to this good family, to this good origin, to this good line, now I need to represent this in my mind, in my in my words, in my actions, in my clothing. And there's also the garland of 12 stars. The garland of 12 stars upon the head of the woman is a symbol of the seal of righteousness in the form of the Lord is there which a person receives when he makes a covenant of rest with God in the baptism of fire. The sign of this virtue is testimony of being born to the throne, which gives a person all of the virtues and privileges serving as distinctive regalia of his great and good purpose to sit on the throne of Christ together with Christ. And of course, the garland of 12 stars is a symbol of the 12 teachings, identifying the order of the kingdom of heaven, making this teaching distinct or unique from all other forms of teaching, claiming salvation. And so this was the woman and what she had. The son, we see that you are part of a good family and or a part of a good origin. And so in the moon, you have a responsibility, you have a calling to represent this goodness in your mind, in your words, in your actions, in your clothing, and the garland of 12 stars, the Lord will then, uh, he will then bless and he will show the difference between them and others by giving them this great regalia and blessing them. And so the woman was with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth. This is the symbol of the price for the right to sit upon the throne of Christ with Christ. The kingdom of, of God is taken by force, it says. And so we see here uh, the sufferings that are required. And so people that are born to the throne are people that are familiar with the word suffering. People may be spiritual but don't know uh, what they're suffering it's, well, we, we live a good life, we have what to eat, what to wear. People may say, what are, what are the sufferings you're referring to? The sufferings uh, 
you look at the kind of thoughts in your mind and you suffer. You look at the terrible character you might be uh, you may be showing to others and, and, and you suffer from it. And so these are forms of suffering. My spirit suffers. Living in this carnal body, we suffer. A person who is born to the throne, he will definitely be familiar with suffering. The male child is a symbol of the bright and morning star, which is a guarantee that such a person will be raptured before the great and terrible day of the Lord's coming. And so the the male child is something we each need to have. This is the Methuselah, as we say in other allegories and principles, but in the in the, the specific situation, it's the male child. This is that promise that will be taken to God. However, <clears throat> further in this vision, we are introduced to the image of the dragon who threatens real danger to the child that we have. Who is this red dragon? The red color of the dragon is not a political system, but the teaching of prosperity, identifying earthly glory and fame. And so how, how, what does he look like? Seven heads containing seven diadems or seven royal crowns is a particular counterfeit of perfection demonstrated in the fact that materialistic prosperity is offered by, offered up by emissaries of mammon as the definition of freedom from the spirit of poverty. This dragon that has seven heads and on these heads were seven diadems or crowns and so their perfection and our perfection is different. They're not wealthier than us, for example. There are uh, saints that are much more wealthy than, say, some of these emissaries, but we understand perfection differently. Our perfection is in Jesus Christ. Their perfection is how thick is your wallet. The dragon has these seven heads, seven diadems, completely different understandings of perfection, and this dragon also has ten horns. The ten horns is a counterfeit of the teaching about holiness, which is demonstrated in the teaching that we are to love all without exception, and even Satan himself. And so their understanding, they have their own understanding of perfection, that is contrary to ours, of course, and they, and we understand also love. And so I spoke I, recently at a funeral, and I was speaking of the fact that uh, love cannot be tolerant. And someone approached me and asked me, what is this, this foolishness you're talking about? Uh, how is it that love can't be tolerant? And I asked him, Do we, should we love Satan? No. What about the angels that fell from heaven? No. And what about the children of Satan? Well, I have to think about it. Ten horns the dragon has. This is a tolerant love. And and when I say this, I even have relatives that call. I just tell them of these two places, of just two places. There are many more. And so I tell them, don't waste my time. And so they say, we can bring you many places where we do need to be prosperous. 
but I'll give you these two places that will and so prosperity they say is a demonstration of our holiness and I told them don't waste my time and speak uh, and speak foolish things because you are trying to interpret scripture the way that you think is right and so they say I have 70 places I can bring you where we do need to be prosperous and so if there are Uh, even two places that contradict one another, you need to turn to the apostle to see what the what the misunderstanding may be in us that we may not, and how these two uh, do not contradict. And so these are these are situations that sometimes arise, and you might have them as well. Um, the fact that the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born means that the main enemy of the teaching of prosperity that is offered up by them as perfection and freedom is such a teaching about perfection that contains the inheritance of the morning star representing the guarantee to rapture in an inheritance that is incorruptible, undefiled, and that is that does not fade away. The fact that the child was caught up to God and his throne or raptured means that before the actual rapture of the bride of the Lamb happens, those that are born to the throne will be already seated in heaven with Christ. This phrase is incredible. It's a work of art. The fact that her child was caught up to God and his throne, or that he was raptured, the dragon was not able to devour the child, means that before the actual rapture of the bride of the Lamb happens, those that are born to the throne will be seated in heaven with Christ. And so the resurre- when the resurrection of Christ is enthroned in their bodies, it's established they'll be seated with him. Due to such a position, their lips will be able to then rule all nations with a rod of iron. This upon practice means that they will obtain such a level of power and wisdom that it will be impossible to deceive them. And so the fact that it was taken to heaven and he was not able to devour the child, he was not able to deceive him. The one that is born to the throne is not able to be deceived. And so you can look at this from a different angle. What does it mean that our names will not be blotted out of the book of life? It's a person who is not able to be deceived. Or if uh, if they you, someone says things like someone doesn't like you or someone said this about you or this, uh, and you and this person's reaction uh, will tell you everything. Either he will decide to leave and rebel, or he will handle it the way he is supposed to and stay where he is supposed to be. And so, if a person is able to be relied on, the Lord can then trust him with more. And so if uh, I am bearing a weight and that weight is, uh, he's able, able to trust me with that weight, he can trust me with more. An interesting third component, fourth component of the functions contained in the essence of birth to the throne is demonstrated in such a heat that is able to keep us warm when the clothing that we have is not able to do this. 1 Kings 1, 1 through 4. 
Now King David was old, advanced in years, and they put covers on him, but he could not get warm. Therefore his servants said to him, Let a young woman, a virgin, be sought for our lord, the king, and let her stand before the king, and let her care for him, and let her lie in your bosom, that our lord, the king, may be warm. So they sought for a lovely young woman throughout all of the territory of Israel, and they found Abishag, the Shunammite, and brought her to the king. The young woman was very lovely, and she cared for the king, and served him. But the king did not know her. I like these places of scripture. We understand what's the, what the significance of this place of scripture is and what uh, the Lord wants to say. And it is important for the Lord to remind us and remind us of these beautiful truths and what they mean in us. The name David means beloved by God. His old age in the given event is a symbol of a person who has come to full measure of growth in Christ, which is well reflected in the 24 elders who are seated upon the 24 thrones. It says when David became of age. And so he now had the power, the abilities of the 24 elders when he obtained the throne in all three, all of his essence and for this pro- body, his body, he also took uh, took this promise, received it. The old old age in this situation, this is not weakness and frailty, but virtue that all of the saints are supposed to have, regardless of their age, gender, nationality, race, or class. We ask the question: What is this promise which we previously were fine with, fine without, and that we will need when we are grown into the full measure of growth in Christ? Again, the question. What is this promise that we previously were fine without and that we will need when we are grown into the full measure of growth in Christ? This promise is the symbol of Ab- in the symbol of Abishag the Shunammite is the adoption of our bodies in the form of the new body that we that will be in the likeness of the glorious body of the Lord Jesus. And this will happen at the door of our hope as we know pastor has spoken about this Romans 8, 18 through 25. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us, for the earnest expectation of the creation eagerly waits for the, re- for the revealing of the Son of God. For the creation was subjected to futility, not willingly. Creation, in this case, speaking of angels, was subjected to futility, not willingly, but because of him who subjected it in hope because the creation itself also will be delivered from the bondage of corruption into the glorious liberty of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation groans and labors with birth pangs together until now. Not only that, but we also, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the the redemption of our body. For we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. And so it says, we ourselves groan within ourselves, eagerly waiting for the adoption, the redemption of our body. And so this event needs to happen, and this will 
warm the spirit. When a person being born to the throne enters, enters the state of the elder and in this way receives the right to sit upon the throne, the promises that have already come to pass cannot keep him warm. And then, so that his peace in God would be complete, his spirit needs the promise contain, containing the adoption of his body. A very interesting promise presented to us in the form of Abishag the Shunammite and she needs to warm our spirit and this is only for someone who is born to the throne and so it's talking about uh, the elders and it's not talking about frailty Uh, it's talking about one who has grown into full measure of growth in Christ as the 24 elders and these people you can uh, differentiate them from others their spirit is cold they need to be warm and only one promise can keep it warm and that is that the Lord not just saved his spirit and renewed his soul but also our mortal body will be adopted and this knowledge of this promise it warms those that are born to the throne Gen- uh, fifth component of the function contained in the e- in the essence of birth to the throne is in the tunic of many colors provoking irritation and suspicion in those who do not have this kind of tunic Genesis 37, 3-11 Now Israel loved Joseph more than all his children because he was the son of his old age. Also he made him a tunic of many colors. But when his brothers saw that their father loved him more than the other brothers, they hated him and could not speak peaceably to him. Now Joseph had a dream and he told it to his brothers and they hated him even more. So he said to them, Please hear this dream which I have dreamed. There we were, binding sheaves in the field. Then behold, my sheaf arose and also stood upright. And indeed your sheaves stood all around and bowed down to my sheaf. And his brother said to him, Shall you indeed reign over us? Or shall you indeed have dominion over us? So they hated him even more for his dreams and for his words. Then he dreamed still another dream and told it to his brothers and said, Look, I have dreamed another dream, and this time the sun, the moon, and the eleven stars bowed down to me. So he told it So he told it to his father and his brothers, and his father rebuked him. And said to him, What is this dream that you have dreamed? Shall your mother and I and your brothers indeed come bow down to the earth before you? And his brothers envied him, but his father kept the matter in his mind. We will pay attention to one important detail. Although Jacob rebuked Joseph for the told and interpreted by him dream which he saw, it also says that his father kept this matter in mind. This means that Jacob, although he did not understand the dream, he paid attention to the dream and put it in his heart. It is specifically this circumstance where Jacob noticed these words is what later gave God the ability to save Jacob and his house from famine. 
If Jacob would have rejected the words which he in that moment did not comprehend, not with his mind or with his heart, God would not have been had the ability to save Jacob and his house. But Jacob, being a spiritual uh, man, understood that those words came from the Lord, and although he did not understand them, he put them in his heart. Those born to the throne cannot immediately sit upon the throne to be able to perform judgment and righteousness from the position of this throne, but they will receive a tunic of many colors, which will be testimony, making them partakers of the category of those born to the throne. Due to the given testimony in the form of the tunic of many colors, those born to the throne will begin to receive specific revelations about their purpose, which will be demonstrated in them receiving the ability to see the future and accordingly prepare for this future and greet this future. If there wasn't a person with whom God would have been able to collaborate and prepare for the troubled days of the ancient world, part of which at the time was the small family of Jacob, then the ancient world, including the family of Jacob, would have perished from famine. Only due to the category of saints that are born to the throne, God is able to save his chosen remnant, which for the most part, as the brothers of Joseph, was not content and looked with suspicion upon the one born to the throne. When time put everyone and everything in their rightful place, and the brothers of Joseph bowed down to him as the one who is seated on the throne, reconciliation occurred between Joseph and his brothers. A very interesting image that happens in every holy person. In what way? Our spirit, soul, and our body will be reconciled. And how this happens? in those that are born to the throne. Sixth component of the function contained in the essence of birth to the throne will be demonstrated in the ability to interpret parables, symbols, and prophecies of the prophets that are written in Scripture. Revelation 1, 3 through 6. Blessed is he who reads and those who hear the words of this prophecy and keep those things which are written in it, for the time is near. John to the seven churches which are in Asia, Grace to you and peace from him who is and who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler over the kings of the earth, to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and has made us kings and priests to his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. These words indicate the fact that the saints will receive the ability by studying the word to hear and see with the eyes of their heart that what God in his time revealed to his servants, the prophets. What makes those born to the throne different in the given words of study is that they are able to see and understand in the prophetic writings the times and time frames which the Father has put in his own authority and be stewards of the will of God to fulfill his will, which is decided by God to be accomplished within these time frames and within these times. And so what differentiates one who is born to the throne from another is that he'll have the ability to see and understand the word of God. And for this, of course, you need to collaborate with the word of God, study it, which we are doing right now.
Daniel 10, 12 through 15. The angel came and spoke with the prophet. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days, and behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people in the latter days. For the vision refers to many days yet to come. When he had spoken such words to me, I turned my face toward the ground and became speechless. This means that this person pretty much almost died in this case. When he fell to the ground, he needed to be uh, lifted back up and strengthened. God's ability to intervene in world events of the last days will be demonstrated in those that are born to the throne will have an openness of their heart to understand revelations. As it says about Daniel that this is exactly what he did. He set his heart to understand and humble himself. Second, they, in humbling their heart before God, will receive this word. Because it says here, and to humble yourself before your God. And so, to humble yourself, and we need to allow God to humble us by His word. And so He speaks His word, and according to this word, we begin to become hum- We begin to become humble. And of course, the Lord can humble us. But God wants us to humble ourselves. When the myrrh was prepared for the anointing of the high priests and priests, for this this myrrh needed to have the components, and one of the first components was uh, was an element of oil that uh, a type of oil that was produced from the tree. It was not something that a person, or it was not man-made or mixed in any way. It was produced directly from the tree. And and so it's one that uh, yields out of the tree by itself. It's not something you have to cut into and find it in the tree. It's something. And so you yourself, again, without force, you yourself, humble yourself. This is a self uh uh, a work that you're doing within yourself voluntarily uh, by choice. And after we have humbled our heart before God, the scriptures say also that the prayer that corresponds to signs, there will be prayers that correspond to the signs of the times, place, and the ability to pray. The Lord wants to hear our prayers then, in a specific place, time, and the and the method in which is uh, you pray. Very interesting, uh, sixth component and seventh component of the functions contained in the essence of birth to the throne is the ability to understand how to seek God. Psalm fifty three two through six, 
God God looks down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there are any who understand, who seek God. Every one of them has turned aside. They have together become corrupt. There's none who does good. No, not one. Oh, that the salvation of Israel would come out of Zion when God brings back the captivity of his people. Let Jacob rejoice and Israel be glad. God looked down from heaven to find one understanding and seeking God or understanding how to seek God and how to call upon God. If God finds one that understands and seeks him, then he will spare the remnant of his nation. To understand how to seek God and how to call upon him means to be a wall that has authority and is given the power to stand in the gap for the holiness of the Lord. Ezekiel 22, 30, 31. So I sought for a man among them who would make a wall and stand in the gap before me on behalf of the land that I would not destroy it, but I found no one. Therefore I have poured out my indignation on them, I have consumed them with the fire of my wrath, and I have recompensed their deeds on their own heads, says the Lord of says the Lord God. The Lord is seeking worshipers who would worship in spirit and in truth. And he says, I was seeking and couldn't find one who would search for the Lord. And so he continues to be in in searching. He continues to search. uh, As he he said to the Samaritan woman, those who worship in spirit and in truth, they need to continually seek God. Because God is never seeking one that does not seek Him. It is specifically by those born to the throne that will stand before God in the gap that God will return the remnant of His nation from the captivity of the wicked. Due to this, the ability of those born to the throne includes standing in the gap as a wall before God and teach them the price that is necessary to be paid to be able to understand how to seek God. To seek God is to take care about the cleanliness or purity of your heart. Worry about pleasing God. To seek God is ask about and search for what is acceptable to God. It's to present the conditions or requirements to your own heart and mind. That's what it means to seek God. To seek God is pay the appropriate price. It's to test to see what is acceptable to God. Be found in God. Be discovered while searching in God. Be caught with the words of your own mouth. Find or discover God in your spirit. And now we will look at a few examples noted by the Holy Spirit showing the result or destiny of those who refused to seek God and the reward of those who did seek Him. And so a few examples of people, of course, who did not want to seek him. First Chronicles 10, 13, 14. So Saul died for his unfaithfulness, which he had committed against the Lord, because he did not keep the word of the Lord, and also because he consulted a medium for guidance, but he did not re- inquire of the Lord. Therefore he killed him and turned the kingdom over to David, 
the son of Jesse. About Saul, it is written, he did not uh, inquire of the Lord. That's why he turned to this medium. And this medium is between our ears. But this is how I see things. This is how I think it should be. Or I hear, I heard another uh, preacher, this, this witch, this medium, is the unrenewed mind. And so when Samuel dies in the spirit, the mind of Christ, the elementary teacher of Christ is not put inside. We have only one other option, and that is to go to the witch, which is the unrenewed mind. And so that's why the Lord says, you did not inquire of me, you because he always served his own intellect. Because he, if you see, if you read, he always says, well, I thought this would be better. Another example of a person who also did not seek the Lord. Second Chronicles 16, 12, 13. And in the 39th year of his reign, Asa became diseased in his feet. And his malady was severe. Yet in his disease, he did not seek the Lord but the physicians. So Asa rested with his fathers. He died in the 41st year of his reign. Here we could see that he he went, he, he, he was searching for the physicians, but he did not seek the Lord in his illness. And you need to ask the question, so do we not turn then to physicians? You do need to turn to physicians. But he did not seek the physicians as a secondary option. There are two uh, two uh, extremes people go to. I rely only upon God and I will not get any other, go anywhere or uh, and I will not seek counsel from anyone or any advice. Uh, and so there's then situations where people didn't take their children to the hospital when they needed it and a child dies and the parent then is put into prison or to jail for this that's the first extreme the second extreme is they never turn to the Lord there's a little bit of a fever and they immediately just do pill, pills and pills but you forget that you have the Lord you need to seek the Lord. You need to correctly understand that there's the first form of the Word of God and there's a second form. The first word form is the Lord, I heal you. And you say, Lord, thank you. Maybe according to your word, I received this healing. But as in a recent sermon, Pastor showed that the Lord wants to heal us, not really but through the fruit but in a form of therapy, a healing as a form of therapy, and that's a process. It's when we understand that there's the first form of the Word of God that is uh, magnified above all other things, and there's a second form of the Word of God. God has given us doctors and and medicine uh, of different kind and how to use it properly. Why? So that it be a therapy. And the uniqueness of a therapy during the time of healing, when we approach healing as a therapy, we see it then very clearly, the promise that's in heaven. These 
promises are not able to be seen crystal clear uh, if, if, if we're at two extremes, uh, one or the other. And so when we receive healing again as a therapy, we, like never before, begin to clearly see that promise that lies at the door of our hope. And that's very important to understand in what way we need to use the first form of the Word of God as well as the second form and thank God for it. And as our pastor uh, recommends, pray, Lord, send me a doctor that would help me, not someone who's a cult, who's not normal, or maybe a Satanist. There's been situations, there's been testimonies uh, where they go to a doctor, they have an appointment, and the person is very uh, very unpleasant. He's he's out of... pastor even had a situation like this, uh, very... Uh, behaving in a very odd manner, very untrustworthy. And pastor asked for a different person in this case. And another person did, they did send another doctor and it was a a very uh, kind and a very wise doctor who was able to help accordingly. We need to understand that a doctor is the second form of the word and if before us you could see there's something uh, uh, who, who may even be a fool in some case or not trustworthy or even something evil that you sense from them this is not God's blessing how beautifully the Lord treats the word of God he beautifully shows the first form of the word and also in the second form of the word of God and in that second form of the Word of God, you need to be seeking, of course, uh, the Lord in it as well. And now let's look at two examples of when a person seeks the Lord, what kind of result will be when they do seek the Lord. Isaiah 55, 6, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And another place, Psalm 34, 4 through 8. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and delivered me from all of my fears. They looked to him and were radiant, and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried out, and the Lord heard him, and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps all around those who fear him and delivers them. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. A very interesting seventh component. Right now we are going to pray and I call every holy person who would like to find the Lord. And as we know, this search begins with repentance. When we come to the Lord, and we repent before Him. This is the first step, the first way the Lord allows you to find Him so that the Lord can send His angels so that they can encamp around all around those who do fear Him and love Him and deliver them, deliver us from sin that we are tired of, from our bad character that we're tired of, from our thoughts and our words. It's good that we're tired of them. It's good that we suffer from them. 
we will become free of them and we wait for you here at the altar let us pray I will be praying our prayer and I ask you to deeply believe that God is on your side. He's not against you. He has loved us with an eternal love. He has given us the work of his redemption. He has stood between us and our enemies to protect us and lift us up to his level. Close your eyes. This is your secret room. Lift your hands to God. This is a sign that they are, they are without wrath or doubt. Pray together with me. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you and upon this holy place in the church of your holy nation, I open up my heart so that you may see my pain, my suffering, my wounds inflicted by sin and lust, which I hate and that I reject. And I come to you with my dependence, with sin that I'm bound with, illnesses and fears, pampered dignity and dishonor. I ask you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, heal my wounds, restore me, protect me with the blood of your Son. And right now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words, I am washed, I am cleansed, I am healed, I am restored, I am justified, and I am saved. Your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May he look upon you with his great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they will not touch you. May 
the blessing of the ancient mount, mountains and everlasting hills be on you, may within your body, may the old man be thrusted out from your body and may the stronghold of life be erected in its place. May all this be upon you and upon your children and the nation shall say, Amen. And now let us finish with our manifestation. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Amen.